0: Good afternoon and welcome to Association Rockstars, where we get the opportunity to talk to some amazing association executives and partners who are leading voices in the association space. It's my pleasure to be back with you once again. My name is Lowell Applebaum. I am the CEO of Vistacova, a facilitation providing company in the space where we work with strategy and vision and all good things that help organizations and their leaders to succeed and today it is my absolute pleasure to have with me Ashley Hodak-Sullivan. Ashley has a long tenured history of experience and volunteer management in the space. Uh, we ha- Ashley and I actually originally met through our involvement in ASAE and she's currently a rabbit and ongoing volunteer as well. Ashley, we're so happy that you could be with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So we always love to start these conversations in a very similar way, uh, which is knowing that we're talking to somebody who has done amazing things and continues to do them. And that means that you have some key strengths. And so let us know if you have a superpower, what is
1: it? You know, I've been noodling over this question for the last couple of days. um, And I think the one thing I kept coming back to is grit. Mm. Um, I know it's an interesting one, but Um, One thing, especially working in association management, is we constantly finding ourselves having to persevere and overcome. (laughs) And that is something that has continued to really resonate with me, both in my personal and professional life. I've definitely had some really interesting challenges and setbacks and uh, disappointments and being able to learn from them, grow through them, get through them on the other side and get through better for it. I think is really, really important. And one of the things that's really kind of helped drive me besides the grit is the understanding that there are people that are counting on you. Um, Those people can be your members. Those people can be your team members on a personal level. Those people are your family. And so failure isn't an option. And so you have to figure out how to, to get through it and do so in a way that is is successful and fortunately that's something that's carried through even in good times even when things aren't constantly on fire which is so rare these days but um even even in in good times it's really this idea of having to do better than you did before nothing nothing is good enough if you haven't already beat what you did before it. And so that's something uh, that I really try to remember no matter if it's a budget or a project or an opportunity, it, it always has to be better than what you did the time before. And, and that's really kept me moving forward.
0: Well, there's so many good things in it. First of all, uh, I feel like you should be working for NASA with failures, not an option. <laughs> uh, I like the reference. You know, I, I would ask, I think that the idea of grit as a, uh, a strength that hopefully leads to some kind of sustainability through difficult times is something that many people uh, have been seeking, especially over the past few years. Uh, but it sounds like it's something that is a, a skill set or strength that you developed far before the past few years. You know, as you've seen colleagues or friends seek it, uh, those who look to deepen their own. Uh, Gritability, uh, grittiness, grit status, whatever it is. How do you think people do that? Like, how do you become gritty? Or like, how do you how do you find that strength?
1: Um, I think it really comes from this idea that first, it can always be worse. No matter how bad things are, they could always be worse. And really coming from a place of gratitude of what you do have, yeah. what you what is going well, what can be changed. Um, And really understanding the reason that you're doing it. And I think that's where that idea of working for a mission-based association or mission-based nonprofit is so key, is you remember the the, the reason that you work for this organization, the reason you work for these people, um, and that really, it's just that intrinsic driver um, of motivation to to kind of move forward.
0: Do you have any highlights in your professional journey that you've felt that sort of rewarding nature of working for a mission prop? Mission-based organization, an association—like any like moments that stand out—that you're like, oh, this is why I'm in the association industry.
1: You know, it's there are many, many stories I can share of of just those wonderfully satisfying moments where you're like, I'm in the right place at the right time. But the one that is really speaking to me right now is getting through the pandemic professionally. Um, Personal challenges and issues aside what we were able to accomplish as a team, what we were able to accomplish as an association to really kind of support our industry in a time of insane uncertainty, immense challenges. You know, we represent um, college and university attorneys. I mean, colleges and universities in the midst of a pandemic. It was a very, very difficult situation. And there were so many legal issues to think about beyond the health and safety issues. And so, we immediately kind of gathered our strength. I don't think we were remote longer than two days and we're planning briefings, we're making them free, we're getting them out just rapid pace, we're, we're pivoting our meetings. And the idea was not to slow down, but to speed up. Yeah. We were trying to think of ways to still deliver what we've always delivered, but to do so above and beyond what we've ever done before. And it was Herculean and we didn't expect to have to do that pace for two years, but we did it and being able to hear from our members about how pivotal that work was from the information that was shared amongst one another to us being the channel through which they share that information, um, that was incredibly satisfying. And it really was a great reminder of why we do what we do and why the association industry as a whole exists to create that community, to create that shared knowledge, which is so, so important.
0: How have you taken this two years? It sounds like a really sort of the advantage or the opportunity to have this momentous shift of innovation and of being able to be not just responsive and even on the edge of proactive with everything that's happening, it sounds like, you know, either individually as a leader within your organization or your organization as a whole, what are the lessons from that that you think are sustainable beyond just a crisis moment in time? Like, what do, you, what do you see as the shifts that are you think are going to be more permanent shifts, right? Things that actually are changes and not just putting out fires?
1: I mean, fortunately, I, I think we learned a lot of good lessons from the pandemic um, and the idea of creating virtual experiences, virtual community, virtual engagement. Um, it's something we had dabbled in. We were doing webinars, we were doing online courses, but we were really able to kind of, and through a lot of trial and error, but find an event format that when the circumstances called for it and it had to be virtual, we were able to make it high quality. We were able to make it engaging. We were able to really kind of maintain those standards of excellence that our association has always done. And we, you know, it it is what we hold ourselves to. And when we were looking at things throughout the pandemic, if we could not perform it excellently and meet the members expectations the same way that we would for an in-person format, we, we really weren't going to do it. We yeah. wanted to make sure that we could maintain that excellence. And so that was something that we really worked through and experimented with. We surveyed and surveyed and surveyed and tried to find the mold that fit. And what's coming out of it is now, um, you know, we're going to take potentially a workshop that will be all virtual we're starting to do virtual roundtables that are engaging and members are getting a lot out of we're seeing an increased participation in our affinity groups which was something we always struggled with in the past and so I think we're trying to find what the new normal is and it's not what was before and it's not what was during it is kind of a blend of those two things
0: I love that I love the the blend of those things if you go back where where did your journey in the association industry start
1: I, I'm, I'm proud to say I was a lifer. Um, basically from the minute I came out of college, I stumbled into the association management industry um, really on a blind listing for an, a, a search firm. And my first boss asked me, um, do you know what an association is? And little 22 year old Ashley, all shiny and sparkly, was, made up some awful answer. And he looks at me and he's like, full of BS, aren't you? And I'm like, maybe? He's like, we'll get along just fine. And um, he really was my first mentor in the yeah. industry. He he saw that I, I had a lot of interest and a lot of passion in it, and he kind of pulled me into the fold and taught me the ropes. It, I helped write my first strategic plan when I was 24. I um, was working in major board governance issues. I was... Um, starting to learn the ropes of finance. Uh, He taught me my first important association lesson, which is if you want to succeed, know where the money goes, Mm. Um, which has served me very well ever since, considering I now am responsible for over half our operating budget. It's served me well. Um, But really from that moment, I was in love with it. I, I loved what I did. And then he opened this whole other world to me and said, I think you need to go to ASAE. And so he got me a membership. He took me to my first annual conference, which was Los Angeles in 2009, which was an impressive one to be your first meeting. Yeah. But I met this group of people who were just as passionate and fascinating, and worked for all these industries and knew all these things. And I was like, these are my people. This is where I want to be. Um, And so really, the rest is kind of history. I, I. I've always loved the industry. I've worked for a bunch of different associations in several different roles, and it's just kind of been my home. And I don't intend to go anywhere anytime soon. It's just how it is now.
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean, I remember it was, I think, at the volunteer reception, maybe back in St. Louis where we first met. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've always been a perennial volunteer within ASE as well. I think even right now, right? You're chair yeah. one. Your chair of the member,
1: vice chair of the membership professional advisory council.
0: Uh, always a good name and acronym for everything, right?
1: Uh, MPAC.
0: <laughs> MPAC. So, talk to me a little bit about like volunteering, like, sure, in terms of like your professional journey, how has it helped you, or why do you like doing it, or what advice would you have about it?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think as professionals who are working for membership associations who count on volunteers for our work day in and day out. I think it's important to be able to get into the mind of those volunteers and kind of understand what it feels like to sit on the other side of the table, Um, and it has at times been a very um, humbling experience. (laughs) And I, I did it at a very young professional age because I wanted to learn more. I wanted to grow my network. I wasn't based in DC at the time. I was based in Columbia. And so, you know, those natural networking opportunities that happened by being in a major center just weren't there for me. And so I was like, well, might as well jump in. And so I started with the Young Professionals Committee. I served with them for three years. I went on to the Executive Management Council for two, had a little bit of a break when my daughter was little. Um, And then I, I just recently jumped back in with the membership professionals but even in the meantime i've been doing micro opportunities and things like that just as like a way to give back because i i obviously get a lot out of it through yeah. learning the volunteer experience through building my network through learning about different things that different associations are doing but i also love the idea of service and being able to help an industry that has helped me um, and so that's something that i've always really tried to instill in my team, when I've worked with them, and and really try to make sure I'm doing in my own professional career.
0: You know, the along that journey, being in Columbia instead of D.C., so being a little more remote outside that is perhaps you know, the direct central area. Some of those networking moments, uh, something clearly everyone has experienced over the past few years, right? Is that is the, is the virtual aspect of it? Uh, Any advice or thoughts you have in terms of those that are aspiring rock stars or leaders about making connections, about how you've gone about it or where you see that it works or where it doesn't work?
1: Sure, Um, I definitely think it can, it's a very intimidating prospect. Um, Many who know me will be incredibly shocked to hear this, but inherently, in a room full of people, I don't know. I'm an introvert. I find I find it to be very overwhelming. Once I know you, I'm gregarious. I'm outgoing. I'm uh, maybe a bit too much, but um, you know, that's that's really difficult to be the new kid in the room. And so, I always recommend trying to find organic points of entry, um, mm. such as you know, volunteering, such as participating in roundtable discussions, such as just opportunities to kind of meet people different from walking up to a group of people in the middle of a cocktail reception being like hi i'm Ashley. how are you, you know, trying to find those those points of entry, I think is really important and also leaning on your own professional network for those introductions. Um, even my staff here, we're all very well connected in the association industry and our mm-hmm. industry of higher education. And so, you know, counting on them to help make those introductions, letting them letting you tag along with them, I think is also really helpful, but it takes a lot of bravery to kind of jump in and, and start building that from scratch. Um,
0: I, uh, I look for similar sort of, I mean, that's why I'm, I volunteer mm-hmm. as well, is like as points of entry, a yeah. purpose for being there that lets you meet other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely a, a similar vibe there. Uh, I would not say too much. I would say that the more we get to know you, the funnier you are. Uh, all the more. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So as you think about you know, those who are ever-growing leaders, no matter what career stage, as you think about sort of the shifting societal environment we live in, what do you think are the leadership skills that they're gonna need to acquire for the future in order to thrive as leaders within associations?
1: Um, I really think resilience is a good skill. Flexibility is another. Um, We're constantly changing as a society, as an industry, as people, and we have to be willing to kind of go with the flow. There is no such thing as a status quo anymore, and wishing or wanting there to be one is is only going to create disappointment for you. And so being able to have the flexibility and the resiliency, the ability to try different things, wear different hats, um, that's one of the things I love about association management is, You know i've i've had the opportunity to work in membership to work in finance to work in marketing and communications and awards i mean i've done the whole spectrum and and it's because it's a career that demands it you need it at a sheer necessity due to staff sizes budgets you name it and so um having that having a having a professional curiosity to want to learn more i think can only benefit you as you're looking forward into the great horizon
0: I always like to, uh, when we meet somebody in the association world, they say their title and then ask, them, OK, what do you actually do? Yeah. Right. It's true. Because when, when does your title actually describe that?
1: It, it's true. I mean, mine's kind of close to it. But at the end of the day, like my job is about relationships. No. It's membership and marketing. I do membership, marketing, and sponsorship. It, it, the, the most successful aspect of my work has everything to do with the ability to connect and, and relate with one another. Um, and you're right. It, 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 you're a lot more than your job, your position description, and I think it's important to remember that.
0: Well, t- time always goes by quickly when we're chatting. Uh, so I'll ask you. I ask you one last one, which is, you know, far, far, far in the future, when the professional journey is starting to wind down, what's the legacy you hope you leave behind in the association space?
1: I think my legacy is going to be. It's not a want it is a going because it has been something I have worked on my whole career, but is to always find, always leave an association, an organization, a team better than when you found it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my goal. When I first start a new role, I walk in and I say, okay, what can we do to make this work better? Now, it might be improved policies. It might be improved processes. It might be improved money. Um, it's. How did you leave it better than when you found it? and i and I feel the same way about people i I love working on a team. I love being able to have the opportunity to mentor my direct reports. I love the opportunity to help my folks that are on the same level as me grow and develop and learn from one another. I even love the opportunity of every once in a while being able to teach your manager or your, your supervisor or your, your CEO, something new. And so being able to, to leave people, leave associations, leave things better than when you found it, that is that is always my goal. And I hope I can look back on my career a long, long time from now and know that I did successfully do that.
0: Well, I have, I have no doubt you do that for your organizations. And certainly our conversation today, some of these great nuggets of truth and wisdom, uh, hopefully I think some of those ripples of Better are going to come out of that as well for the larger community. Thank you so much for being with us
1: thank today. Thank you. This has been wonderful.
0: And as always, thank you to Amy Hager, who's been chatting with you all in all the social media good places, and to all of you for tuning in. Association Rockstars continues to be a community of collaboration and support. If you know a rock star you think that should be on here, please send their name in. We look forward to chatting with you next time. And until then, Association Rock On.